It's them wise girls. It's the wise girls. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wise girls. Are the names uh-huh. Stay wise to the times is the game Relationships and money talk in the old way Oh, and if you didn't hear the name Just them wise girls Wise girls Hey y'all, I'm Laura Wise And I'm K-Ray Wise Ryan And we are Dim, Dim Wise Girls Dim Wise Girls is a podcast that explores the experiences of the everyday black woman We invite you into our sister space where we explore our authentic selves and ask the questions that go beyond the cliche answers. Real sisters, spin facts, and seeking truth. Hey, welcome to the world. Welcome to your day. Welcome to this episode of Dim Wise Girls. Hey, K-Ray. Hey, Laura. What's going on, girl? Oh, girl, just, you know, just a beautiful morning. We had no troubles getting down here today, and I'm feeling pretty good. I know. I don't know what it is. You know what? I think we have better luck, or not even luck, just we have a better experience when we start our morning off in Price Hill, and then we come downtown. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's like there's like this peaceful corner of Price Hill that we enjoy our little coffee, our our pregame. I mean, yeah, Yeah. grown woman pregame and getting coffee before something happens. Getting coffee, yes. I now need coffee before I start drinking. That's the point of life I'm at. Anyway, or I'm going to bed. Like, if I don't drink coffee before I start drinking now, I'm going to bed. It's like night-night. But uh, I feel like the morning, it is consistently more calm when we have, like, our our coffee in Price Hill, and then we come Mm -hmm. down the hill, and then we go straight into the library. It's something about the downtown experience. (laughs) It's something about the downtown experience. Early Saturday morning. I don't know. We've been having so many, like, no. I think that, I think coming out of the pandemic, like, when you come out of the house, some, somewhere in your body still be thinking, like, you're not going to run into, like, there's not, there's not many people outside. And then you get out there, and you're like, no, shit is, like, back. And like, you see all these people, and you have, run. it's like, ah. I, I promise, I saw an Instagram reel of this girl was like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but. I miss lockdown. <laughs> I was like, I, I was do like, too. sometimes I, I do. Sometimes I do. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I go outside and I'm like, why are all these people here? Like, why? 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 When I go out in public, <laughs> there are people there. The public is there. Oh my God. There was like a nice calm that happened when you would go outside during the pandemic. Where it was like, not that the mm. pandemic is over, but. It, there was a nice calm during lockdown. Like, you would go outside, it would just be absolutely peaceful. It yeah. has made me crave less crowded spaces. Like, yes. the moment I find out something is crowded, I'd be like, well, I can go home now. <laughs> it's crowded, I can go home. I know. I know. But yeah, we've had a lovely little morning, and it's the weekend, and hey, we're here. We're doing this. We're we're putting it out there, baby. We're... We're, we're doing it. I'm trying to keep my spirits up. I'm trying not to get pulled down into a cycle of despair every day. It's, it's a so struggle. It's so easy for that to happen. I think something about the work-life cycle gets us into, like, these moments of despair. I actually, I had a, I had a really interesting Instagram story the other night. You probably didn't watch it. Um, you post a story, like, 
three times a day. First of all, that's not even a lot. <laughs> probably the three is probably modest. It could be four. It no, this one was long too, so I knew you didn't watch it. But I was um, <laughs> I was scrolling through Instagram and I just in, ended up going on this rant of like. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I want you to stop putting pressure on yourself because some of these people already got it. Like some of these people in the influencer space, like they already have it. And I didn't learn it until I went to this really big conference in Atlanta and there were all these influencers there. And I started to notice like, wait a minute, some of these chicks already make good money. Like these women are not aspiring to shop in some of these places that I'm aspiring to be. Mm-hmm. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> they there, they got the good money and they're just showing you what they bought. And and I don't think that concept had like really I mean, it was probably there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, we're talking about these things. We obviously shop here, but like like I'm striving to shop here more consistently and like you live here. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you live here like I'm buying trinkets from Williams Sonoma and like everything you own is Williams Sonoma. Like there's levels to this. Mm-hmm. And um that's funny because um I was just like, you know, don't put your pressure on yourself for these people who are like who already have it. And like where it seems like they're getting these opportunities, but a lot of people are getting opportunities cuz they're already in the space. Mm-hmm. And um one of my friends hit me up, and I didn't think anybody was going to respond to this story honestly. I knew it was long, I knew it was a rant. Yeah. I I was just putting it out there it, to maybe at the hopes that it would relieve one person and actually one person hit me up. And she was like, oh my God. She was like, aren't you so tired of feeling like there are these other circumstances influencing people's success that you have no idea to get into the space? Like, she was like, you know, cause, because Becky could come into the room with her bachelor's degree and they don't want to help uh, they don't want to help Karen who basically grew up in homelessness and doesn't have any connections and only has an associate's degree, but here, Becky, here's your opportunity. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> yes. I am, I am frustrated in these spaces where I feel like some people already had a leg up and you didn't know about it. And then you get into the space like, wait a minute, hold up. Did you have a head start? Because I just got here. I just got here. So I was really just trying to, like, help anybody who was, like, really putting their feet to the pavement of, like, yo, do not feel pressured by this. Like, run your own race. Mm-hmm. Keep your keep your focus eye. on the finish line. Yeah, focus on finishing your race. Keep your eyes on your own paper, or you're gonna get real mad and discouraged. Real mad and discouraged. You do. I mean, I think about like, oh gosh, I feel like a lot of times I get overwhelmed by wondering if something's gonna work out. Like. If I can't do something, if it's going to work out, and if it's not going to work out, am I making the wrong decision? I got to get caught up in that part, the beginning part. Is this the right decision? Am I doing something wrong that I don't actually get into the work and putting my all into something and, like, really working it to see if it would pan out and, like, just... I'm just trying to I'm trying to sh- I'm trying to shift the mindset a little bit just you know just a little bit I yeah. think you know what's ironic is I think some of this pressure that we feel on the extrinsic reward like the result of the work mm-hmm. right I think some of that might even get have gotten passed down to us because we come from such a work related family yes and oh, 
We're sorry, yes. family. We don't want to blame you. You're wonderful yes. people. Uh, thank you for everything you've done. I'm going to dog you just yes. a little bit. Yes, yes. That has crossed my mind. It is, it is a thing, isn't it? Where yes. it's like, if you don't have any result to the work, then all of this was in vain. Oh you my. wasted your time. Oh goodness, yeah. And look at you, like look at you now. I even got worried last week. Like I think I had like a small breakdown during this week because last week we all had brunch together and Dad was asking about the book, and I was thinking, is he collecting evidence on me, just so like if this does not pan out. He can like bring all this evidence back and be like, look at all this work that you did. And it resulted in nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, because I just felt like, is this true interest in my project? Or is this like evidence you're going to be bringing to the hearing of, look at what didn't work out again? It's real. It's real. Because real. My, my palms are sweating just as you're just, talking about just, that. Like, <laughs> feeling real tense, all up in the shoulders. And yeah. Yes. Our family has been, I think, very work oriented and very identifying themselves with the work that they do and as far as their whole identity and. And success uh, is defined in a very specific manner. Yes. Like, we don't have a whole bunch of alternatives of what success is. Success is monetary. Success is a lifestyle. Like, your lifestyle looks a specific way. And if you don't get these things from your work, then then you failed. You failed. You failed. What were you doing? What were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Why did you waste your time? You could have been practical. You could have been practical. You could have made better choices. You could have gone. You could have took the path that obviously led to some money and a better lifestyle. (laughs) Like you should have done. It's that. The thing. It's that. You could have taken the path that would have made you some money Mm -hmm. and gave you the better life. Yup. Ooh. Ooh. We might have to talk about that again later <laughs> because I need to process. <laughs> now you're K Ray's already unremembering. I need you to that? process that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot um, just because my book is coming out in September mm-hmm. Bougie Bitch Poetry, Poems for the Misunderstood and Chronically Underestimated Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Ironic, the the irony of my title, chronically underestimated. Um, I've been doing a lot of work on the book and promoting the book, marketing the book. And I didn't even realize until after I got into the thick of the process of putting out this book that, um, that this was more work than I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Like the seriousness of it, it kind of I kind of fell into it. You know what I mean? Like my publisher reached out to me and was like, "Hey, this would be a good look for you." And uh, I was like, "You know what? You're right. I could do it." I was really like super cocky within that. Like I could do it because I'm just sitting on I'm just sitting on projects, sitting on work. I've got things written. I mean, how hard could it be to put them in a book? And that, it, granted, that part was not hard. <laughs> that part was not hard. <laughs> but the hard part was like. The coming to terms of the investing in the project, the presentation of the project. And I don't think I had this realization of what this whole episode is going to be about. Um, the, the fabulous factor. Mm-hmm. 
the fabulous factor is I realized that I put work together in a certain way of marketing for women towards women with very feminine centric elements. And, you know, you'll get a compliment like, oh, this looks fabulous. This looks great. You know, are you doing that thing? Oh, are you still out here being fabulous? And we had this conversation last week where we were talking about something I'm putting together for the book. Yeah. (laughs) I've been very specific. Like, I want this. I want that. I want this. Yes. And I got. Know what you want, I did. And I was like, I'm going to have an in-person presentation. I want to make it look like a pop-up. I've been doing trade show research on how companies professionally set up their booths, and there's an element that I need, and K-Ray found it for me, because she's the best sister in the world. (laughs) She found me this. I said I needed a wall. (laughs) And I I know this sounds super extra, but I was like, I need a wall. I need some type of photogenic element in in my booth. And I was about to give up, and then K-Ray just texted me like, hey, I found you something. And I was thanking her for it, and I was talking about how my bestie was also looking at me too like you've lost your mind (laughs) but y'all saw where I was y'all see where I'm going with it though you had a vision I got a vision but y'all see where I'm going it's gonna work out good it is and K-Ray was like well you know you always have to be fabulous and I was like no I always want things to be professional 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 and that's understandable that's understandable I don't know had you ever thought about it that way before I hadn't. I hadn't. I hadn't thought about it like that. I hadn't thought about it like that. Like, that's just kind of like the way, you know, you talk, especially amongst women and about things that look beautiful. It's like, hey, you put this together. And it's fabulous. And it's fabulous. It looks fabulous. You look fabulous. And you don't really think that, you know, you want it to look professional. You want it to look well done. You want it to look like you know what you're doing. And... We were talking about that, and I was like, you know, you, I really wouldn't say that about a man's work who put something, you know, together really great. Um, I wonder if it's just cause, because it's relating to, I don't know, because men, men would put together, like, a vendor booth or something like that, mm-hmm. too. But, yeah, I was like, we don't really talk about that that same way with men. Like, he put together something really professional. I wouldn't be like, oh, this looks fabulous. I mean, I may, but not... As much as you do, as I would with women. Is it, I'm trying to figure it out too, because I don't want people to feel like when they say something is fabulous to me, that I'm feeling like it's a slight. Because this is just a recent revelation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in the same industry as a creative for, what, 13 years, almost 14? Is that it? It feels longer than that. It, it feels like a long, long time. I know I've been writing for longer than that um, and, like, doing different avenues of, like, oh, my God, so much stuff. So much stuff. I can't even, I can't even try to quantify it. Yeah. But I've been writing articles. I've been submitting things. I've, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. So to be doing this for so long and for the result of my work to always be related to fabulous, it was like, is this why people keep disregarding it, like, later on? Like, I feel like you always have... I was talking about this the other day about black girl magic. I was like, you know what? I'm starting to not feel black girl magic because it's it's making it feel like it's a trick when it's a talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's It's starting to put black women in these spaces where they keep having to perform the magic like they didn't already do some work. Yeah. 
it was like that whole thing about relevant and popular that we were talking about on whatever episode we were talking about Khalees and and Beyonce. But it's it's that for me. It's like, why do I keep having to prove myself time and, and time, time and, and time, time again? again? Like, like this isn't hard work. Like this is not hard work. Like, like some shit's gonna change. Like I didn't research this well and Bruh. plan this out and I will be isolated for weeks at a time researching things <laughs> like I will be isolated for weeks at a time researching things um I just I just looked on I just look I got a library card officially because <laughs> we book we book our studio space at the library with Kay Ray's library card because she's the responsible one. <laughs> I'm older, but she's responsible. So I was like, let me get my own library card. <laughs> and I was like, I got on there to reserve some space for something else. And I was like, oh, you can get like consumer reports from the library for free. This is amazing. I need this. And I was like, and now I'll be isolated for weeks again. <laughs> but I even thought about spaces of like, Growing up in church where women were doing things as, like, businesses. Aunt Luann was always selling things. Mom was always creating things. And I thought about when they did that big fashion show. Even though they had been sewing for years, they did this fashion show. And Mom always kind of feels like a failure, too, because she didn't produce monetary results. Where she felt like people didn't want to buy the clothes from her because she was made, you know what I mean? Because it was handmade and people felt like, well, you do this all the time. Why can't you just do it for me for free? Or why can't you just, you know, you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And I felt like, but mom is extremely talented. I've seen her rip fabric on cue and it turns into a garment. Like, did you just take that rag and make it into something? Like, in front of my eyes? Yeah. So... I feel like that's happening to women continuously, not just to our mom, not just to me, to women, to yeah, to women in general, where everything you do well um, can be seen as a hobby. Yeah. Even if you're doing it on the utmost professional level. True. 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 Like, a woman in business is a hobbyist un- until proven <laughs> oh, well, Until proven otherwise, a woman in business is a hobbyist. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Think so? Definitely. Your father sees me as a hobbyist, a professional hobbyist. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be an episode or is this going to be a therapy session? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag both. Both of them. B-O-A-F. Oh, okay, Ray. You are going to need therapy. I'm, just, I'm s- just sitting here, sitting in that. that that's that's. That's deep. That's deep. But yeah, because often people can make little comments like, oh, how's your little thing going? How's that thing you've been doing going? That little thing is so good. You know, that looks pretty good. You're working good at that girl. <laughs> Laura's, Laura's giving me that stare like, half a, uh, do you know how much work I, like, this is, this is I am building a craft. I'm building a craft. I'm mastering my craft. There are women out here working, working. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're making soap, baking pies, uh, and OnlyFans. It's a craft. You got to get good at it. You got to get good at it. You got to get good at it. And, yeah, women are seen as hobbyists. Until you pull in some major figures, you're a hobbyist. But I think even on the most professional levels, women still aren't being taken seriously. It Unless... 
I always thought, like, why why do women in the utmost professional settings, like real corporate professional settings, like especially black women, like until until this Crown Act, until like the past, what, 10 years maybe, a black professional woman had a certain look to her. She had this perm straight bob. Yeah. She had the relaxed bob. Yeah. She wore her hair. You saw her come to the hairdresser and she was wearing her hair the same. She came in looking the same way. She got that wrap, that tight wrap. Oh yeah, that tight wrap, and it was usually it's usually about shoulder it's shoulder length to the up to the chin like that. You know, just just relax. Maybe even like right, even if she had long hair, it was still that blown out pressed look. Yes, and she wore a boxier suit, looking like Condoleezza Lisa Rice. Rice. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, are they choosing that, or is that the, the look that feels professional? Like, are you doing this look because you want to be taken seriously? And, like, do I have to be unseasoned? Not unseasoned. Unseasoned. (laughs) Unseasoned is the wrong thing. Do I have to bring this generic version of self to things in order to be taken seriously? Well, if you're in an industry that's, you know, dominated by white males, you kind of need to... um, you know, adhere to those Eurocentric uh, things of professionalism. And so the conversation can be about your work and not about your hair. Your hair is different. What's going on there? How did they do that? Or, you know, uh, Keisha's always wearing all these bright colors. Look at your suits. They're so bright. Or things like that. They need to keep the, <laughs> the conversation about their work. Work. Because then you they'll get all these questions and they'll get, well, you know what, maybe you could just tone it down a little bit because the clients are, you know, they're not really vibing with you. And, you know, for many years, they're probably like, I'm going to keep it, keep it strictly business. I'm going to look, I'm going to look Eurocentrically professional and y'all can just concentrate on my work. And we're coming out of that space, which I love. And look at look at a lot of like newscasters, like black women who are newscasters. A lot of them are just now getting comfortable with wearing their natural hair or braided hair or braided hairstyles and things like that, changing up their hair more regularly, and wearing clothes that are more um, closer to their personality on air. I they're just it. they're just now getting comfortable with that. So we're just now getting to a place where like we're trying to break down those uh, stereotypical Eurocentric values of what's professional in the workplace and how you look, how you conduct we are yourself. Just now breaking down that damn it white supremacy. Um, well, I, I thought about that factor. So this was also a factor of this. So I thought it has to be stemming. Some of this has to stem from that. Like I'm all you can already be taken less seriously in these spaces when you show up authentically. Yeah. Because I'm going to change my hair. I'm going to wear the clothes. I'm going, but baby, just don't let none of this fool you. She can be professional. Right. She can be professional because I'm, I know she can because I am. Yeah. I'm the utmost professional. Cause it should be about your work, how you get your work done, how you bring it to the table, you know, what you produce, bottom line, bot the, that's that's all, the whole that's the top line. Bottom line is is can you produce? Can you can you come with it? You know what are you bringing? 
when we're talking about professionalism and we're talking about the workplace, we're talking about business. Business is about the bottom line. Business as a whole, though. Not even just corporate spaces. Business as a business whole. Business as a whole. Because I'm tired of women in creative spaces being seen as hobbyists until proven otherwise. Because it puts a very narrow line of who can be successful or who's going to be taken seriously in these spaces of creativity or non-corporate spaces. Hmm. And it makes it so like the eye of a needle. Yeah. It does. And it's just kind of like, I was thinking about the whole cis culture because I was thinking S-I-S. <laughs> S-I-S. Because I was thinking about Ja Rule calling and, and Fat Joe calling Ashanti, like, that's my sis, that's my sis. And I was thinking, look how narrow that is. Like, that's one woman that they all want to dedicate time and space and respect to. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, if... If that's only reserved for a small amount of women, and that's just in a hip-hop space, like, think about how narrow that space gets outside of, like, the space where you're famous. Oh, yeah. The space where you're famous. Like, too many factors. And I'm not I'm not a hobbyist. And women who are in these creative fields, who make soap, who um, are photographers, who, who do anything in these spaces, like, yes, it is fabulous. Yes, it is wonderful, but baby, it's professional. It's professional. <laughs> baby, it's professional level work. Professional level work. Well, the other day on TikTok came up about um, black people. Um, this, so there's a woman. I think her name is Jocelyn Delk. She's make she makes cake. She's a baker, um, and I think she's gotten her stuff. She's partnered with William Sonoma, so you can get her cakes ordered through William Sonoma online. I was like, oh, yes. Are we talking about grandbaby cakes? Yes, grandbaby cakes. Yes, I follow her on IG. Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, okay. I love her. And I was like, oh, yes, black woman, William Sonoma. Sonoma get on. in there, girl. Let's do it. Um, And I came across a video on TikTok the other day. And a guy was talking about it, and I was like, thank God I'm getting back to the food side of TikTok. Um, but uh, <laughs> he was talking about how he had saw some um, pushback from people talking about how much her cakes cost and stuff like that. Well, it's in, it's in Williams-Sonoma. And I know. It's, it's in Williams-Sonoma. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's in Williams-Sonoma. Of course it's going to be expensive. <laughs> but he was just talking about, like, the worth that we put on black businesses and their products and and how much people are charging and they'll be like, oh, that costs too much for what that is. You shouldn't be paying that much for a cake and whatnot. And it's like, well, uh, uh, my prices are what my prices are. This is what it is. Why are we, um, why are we, why are we negating the value of this woman's product? Because we, we wouldn't pay that much for it. You're in not the black community, and you know, in the black community, talking about the black community paying that. It's like, it's like, then you're not in her market. First of all, it's black community that can pay these prices for these cakes. It is. I'm. I mean, I know the black community who's in this level. I, I'd love to join you. Please invite me. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think that there is a black community that can't afford these cakes, and just let them be able to afford the cakes and enjoy the cakes. Because I'd love to see black representation in William Sonoma because it's a very I would, too. It's a very, um, I don't want to say it's non-inclusive. I mean, it's food, but. It's it's, do, a, it's a very, you know, 
rich white woman aesthetic. <laughs> mm, yes, it feels like it's, a Nancy Myers movie when you walk in there. It does. And it's please very, don't change. I like it's it. very Ina Garden. It's very. It's all those things. Very Martha Stewart. It's. It, that that's the vibe. That's the vibe, and I'm not. I mean, change in the in the in the aspect of making it inclusive because there are. I'd love to see Patty Jennings in in Williams Sonoma. I'd I'd love seeing this. I love seeing Grandbaby Cakes in Williams Sonoma. Mm-hmm. I'd 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 like to see more ethnicity because um we also do the food things as well. We do the food things. So see that, but. But this is the level she had to get on in order to be taken serious. And even the moment she comes into seriousness, yes, there's there's a question of the value of it. True facts, facts. There's a question it's like of the she's value. like she's up she's upped her game. She has brought so much professionalism. She's brought she's brought gourmet. Mm-hmm. She's like I'm I'm working in the gourmet field of food. Okay, and, and she has you want to you want to see more black people in that realm. Like you want to see black black gourmet food up there this is this is what it's going to look like when it, stuff is taken seriously and stuff costs what it costs <laughs> so why if you can't afford a cake you can't afford the cake look, i mean if you can't afford the williams sonoma cake please feel free to go into 7-eleven and get you a piece of pie or something you know what i mean no like, reason to devalue there's no reason to devalue it her work look i get into spaces all the time where i realize i cannot afford something in the space that it's in I don't argue with it. I just kind of quietly enjoy it and walk away. <laughs> like, be like, oh, that's nice. And you just kind of back away. And you know what? My thought is, is like, when I do get the money or when I do have it, I'll come back and get it. So how can we keep these things sustainable so that you can come back and get them when you got it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it, it's a devaluing of the price. Um, ironically, I was watching this. I was watching these two Asian brothers. I don't know their names. I'm so sorry, my Asian brethren um they were talking about combating um sales rebuttals like i fell asleep on something on instagram and then i woke up to this that's really why i don't know their name (laughs) but they were so good when i woke up i was like oh this is good stuff um they were kind of doing like pitches and one of them was the client one of them was the the graphic designer selling the service and the guy was complaining about price and he was like, I could get a, a logo made by my cousin. He did a good job. And he said, well, if your cousin did a good job, why don't you go back to him? And he said, well, you know, I want a more professional look. And then he said, okay, well, if you want a professional look, he was like, if you're going to pay another $400, will you be able to return the graphic design if you don't like it? He was like, well, no, I won't be able to do that. And he was like, so what you're saying, he was like, why would you want to pay for something that you ultimately feel like you'll have to have done again? when you can make this investment with me and know you're going to get a professional result. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that is a good rebuttal. Let me write that down for later. Um, but it was, it, was, it was definitely something I thought about of like, look, you're going to come into these spaces and things are going to be expensive. The price is going to be what it is. And there are going to be people on both sides of this issue mm-hmm. of like affordability and access and... The, what it's gonna really take to run this business? It has to be this price. Yeah. So there's there's got to be some middle ground. But I feel like people kind of chuck it up when it's a man, whereas when it's a woman, it's always it's it's a negotiation. It's a negotiation, and I feel like I'm tired of negotiating my level of professionalism. Mm. Okay. Okay. To the sis. point where it's like look, okay. If we are working together, like on a work aspect, if if you're a consumer of mine and you come into a space and feel like it's fabulous, good. 
good. I was I was I was trying to get that from you, girl. But in a space where we're like we working together, okay, and you'd be like, mm, "Well, you're being fabulous," or I really hate when we working together and you roll up on me like, "Oh, it's the diva." Like, no, it's not the diva. It's not the diva. I require what I require because I want the results. Mm. There, this is, silence is intentional. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. 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 <laughs> Bottom line, I want the results. I want the results. Laura is about her business. She's about bringing it. Well, what? not just about the money, too, but what do you think? I mean, because I've seen you in poetry for many, many years, doing poetry, doing spoken word, um, you know, going to these open, going to open mics, going to slams, you know, just doing the poetry circuit and many years. And sometimes I think it feels like the men in poetry get um, a little more of the limelight, a little more, more of the respect. A little more of the seriousness when it comes to performing and when it comes to having poetry sets. I mean, how do you feel about that? I feel like, on one hand, I feel like when I see brothers doing well, it's awesome. It's awesome. Good job. Congratulations. But when I have to see men and women who come into spaces at the same exact time and the men get to a certain level that the women never even got a chance to even access the door, Mm -hmm. I get... I get mad. <laughs> I was going to try to find something like, I was going to wrap that up, but fuck that. <laughs> He's going to wrap it up in a bow. <laughs> I was going to wrap it up in a bow, but fuck that. Um, I feel like I, I dip in, in and out of the poetry space a lot just because of that factor. Like, I have other offerings as a creative in general. Um, I don't have to put... That's the wonderful thing that I did gain from my family, uh, probably my mom's side of the family. Like, Uncle Quentin is astronomically insanely intelligent and talented mom is astronomically insanely talented and intelligent and they both feel like i can take this home with me and live with it (laughs) and that's how sometimes i do poetry like you know i can take all this up home and go home but i think that in these spaces where the men i I don't know how to put it the audience is predominantly women in yes. a lot of these spaces. True. And, true. you know, the men convince the women to come to the shows. The men put on an excellent show. True. And the women will come back and be supportive of it. True. Fair. All fair game. Um, but if the show is going to be 90% women, whether the host is a man or a woman, and we all just going to be partying with each other regardless, <laughs> then why not come to my show, too? True. Why not come to my show, too? If it's just going to be women in the audience, any old way. Any old, yeah. Any old women. Is it the illusion that you could have the host or the illusion that you could have the host and his three homies that show up to the, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) To the thing? I don't know. I feel like if it's going to be women-centric anyway, then then if you want to come or return to a space, should be based on the experience of the actual event itself and not who's hosting it. It's about fairness, Curtis. It's about fairness, Curtis. It's about fairness, Curtis. It's about fairness, Curtis. Don't get me wrong. It's women. It's 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 it's. There are women poets who are rocking it right now, who who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for everybody black, honestly. I'm rooting for everybody black because any way you want to slice these vegetables, homie, we still not getting the best slice of the pie as creatives in the industry. Like, anytime I see some poets beefing over anything, I feel like this is ridiculous. It's one piece of pie we're all fighting over. And, <laughs> and, the, and this piece of pie costs literally 15 cents. Why are we fighting? <laughs> like, why are we fighting? We should really be breaking into these establishments where 
um, white artists can thrive and live and do these things mm-hmm. in these spaces and get paid. And get paid. Get paid. And don't nobody know their name. Get paid. Paid. Nobody know their name. Money. They're, they're, they're operating they li- on. They living off of this. They're living different types of lives, yeah. y'all. We ain't got really, really don't have time to fight about this amongst each other. Um, so there's that aspect of it. But it is. It's hard. It's hard to see, you know, the men, the men overhead is just less. <laughs> the men's overhead is oh, just less. Oh, the men's overhead is less. They, less. Have, they, have, they need less to produce such great things. I know you like, when <laughs> you started doing this book, you were like, Oh my gosh, there's too much stuff to think about. Not only do I have to produce the book, make the book look good, get the event going, but I also need to be looking looking great like all the time because I'm trying to uh do all this promo stuff. You trying to up your social media game. So like I need my hair, but you always keep your hair dead anyway. <laughs> but you like I need to look good. I don't need no bad pictures being taken of me right now. So I need my hair dead. I need to look good. I think people see that as vanity and not a strategy. <laughs> they do. could very very easily. I think people see it as vanity and not strategy all the time. And it's strategy. <laughs> like, but if you're getting ready to go to a bunch of events, you're getting events lined up, you're getting stuff that you want to promo, you get, want to get your social media together, and you never know when it's opportunity to, to hit something up or go somewhere or um, produce some content for your, for your social media, then that's, that's, part of the, that's part of the package. It's part of the package. Honestly, somebody, one of my friends got on my page and she commented on something I did and she said, I love your rollout. And I was like, oh, is that what this is called? <laughs> is that what this is called? I've just been, I've just been trying to market. But is that what this is? Is that the real name for this? Um, so I was doing that. And then, yeah, I think people see this as vanity a lot. But no one thinks it's vanity when Tracy Ellis Ross shows up in Dior and things like that when she goes on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You know, like, I'm trying to produce things on the that level that level on that level so no i can't go outside i can't show up somewhere looking like what i've been through <laughs> like i can't <laughs> i can't do it my hairdresser had an issue a couple weeks ago where she was like i can't do hair for a couple weeks and i was like i was super empathetic and understanding to what she was going through but in my like heart of hearts like somewhere inside it was like i was deeply concerned for my friend cuz my hairdresser is my friend like we was just talking last night, like, how long she been doing my hair. And we was like, we've been together for so long. <laughs> we've been together for so long. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but this, the, the B-roll to that scene was like, oh, no, it's about to be high tide season for me. And I can't be out here without my hair done. Like, I cannot be. I was like this at junior high. But still, like, no, this is the worst time to not be able to, like, know I can have my hair done. Because... Me and my hairdresser are like, she's so in this with me, you would think she's in the show. You would think she's in the show. Because I will call her up like, girl, I got something to do. And I look jacked up. Or she'll be like looking at my social media. She'll inbox me like, so when you come in to get your hair done, like, it's people invested in this with me. And that's the best part about this whole process is that whoever is invested in this with me is invested in this with me mm-hmm. on a on a on a level where they see the vision with me. So that's the bomb. But, yeah, it's it was like, no, I can't. So when I finally did get my hair done last night, I was like, she was like, I already know. I already know. I was like, let me get it together because 
She was like, I already know. I was already knowing, like, Laura's somewhere panicking. She was like, I got clients panicking. Like, no, girl, I, I, I can't not. I can't not. I can't not get my hair done. And it's <laughs> it's more than just the hair, though. It's the presentation. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. representation of the brand. Yeah. And I don't know if everybody's invested in... I think people are... I think every artist is different. So there are some artists who can just be satisfied with the result of personal enrichment. Mm-hmm. Like, I did this project. I've always wanted to do it. It's done. I'm so happy that this this process has happened and it's completed. And I really wish I could be one of those artists. I do. I wish I could be content with completion. <laughs> content with completion. Well, sometimes that's like... That's the first step. It's like it is the first like step. committing yourself to completing something and believing you're having faith the whole way through, get getting through it, putting your all into something. That can be a first step for a lot of people because you know you can bail on stuff a lot and not see it through. So that may be the first step. But you, you, you've been on. You've been on. I've completed things. You've been on. You've completed things. You've been. You've been completing things since childhood, <laughs> girl. <laughs> you are you are not in that realm anymore. Mm-hmm. You've already been like no, because what I got is good and it needs to be out to the masses. Okay, you've been like on it. I you I want asses are, shaking. I want perfection. perfection. <laughs> you have already been. Doing this, you've 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 passed that level of oh, this was nice for the enrichment of, um, for enrichment, for my personal enrichment, my personal goal to complete something to put my all in. You are past that level. You like, no, no, I want results. I do. I want ass to shaking. I want perfection. And you 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 have a great work at you have a great work ethic work ethic. So, I mean. It is what it is. You just, I know. You just got to keep bringing what you're bringing because what you're bringing is, is great. It, it's still a fun it's thing. It's the I'm, I'm really out here in the struggle for for all the girls. Like, But it's a lot of women out here in the struggle. When I realized Jennifer Lopez is in the, in, the MF in struggle, like when we watched Halftime, which is, is not as good as Dance Again, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's not. It's not as good as Dance, it's not dance as good. Again. Is. We love you, J-Lo, but uh, Dance Again is, is that documentary. Yeah. Um, but Halftime was good, though. And I started to realize, like, if Jennifer Lopez was a white actress, she'd have different accolades. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of one singer-dancer... I can't think of any white actress that's actually on J-Lo's level um, who could play both sides of the fence the way she does. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because they wouldn't have that Bronx element that's so fun. I don't know. Let's keep going, though. But but just from her movie career alone, I think a white actress would have different accolades. I can't think of... You can't think... I can't think of one that is singer, actress, dancer. If we take away the dancer, actress thing and just solely on her movies... I could compare Jennifer Lopez's career to, like, a Kate Hudson. And you know how Jennifer Lopez is working harder than Kate Hudson? Her mom's not Goldie Hawn. Mm, Yeah. No nepotism. Her her parents weren't in, uh, weren't famous, famous actresses. Where she's doing romantic comedies. She's done some serious things. She's, She's really, 
like when you take away that J-Lo factor of her and just think about the work itself, like mm-hmm. her actual acting work, a white actress would have different accolades. And when she was doing the whole halftime show, the struggle she had to do, the struggle she was having to even be taken seriously of like, no, I don't want this to just be this. And you're cutting the show time in half. People thought it was shade towards Shakira, but she was really like, I got enough work to really do this set by myself. She didn't need no cosign. Why are we splitting this? Why are you putting us in a position to have to split this in half? Yeah. So I, I felt everything that she was saying and doing, and I thought, oh, my God, Jennifer Lopez is struggling to be taken seriously. And she's fucking Jennifer Lopez. You were talking about somebody else being... T- you were talking about Beyonce. Beyonce. And you were wondering if people take her artistry seriously although she's although she's big and she's she's on to be probably she already is because she's been doing this since she is a teenager an icon i think somebody on the level of uh longevity in their career like janet jackson Mm -hmm. she's definitely on that trajectory cut that out She's definitely on that trajectory. I'm not cutting that. I'm leaving. No. <laughs> I will. I will get better at enunciating my words in this hot box. But <laughs> in this hot box. You, you were saying that she may not be taken seriously in her artistry, although she's big and people people love and her album her albums do big. But are we really... I think maybe people are because people... <laughs> People will slit people, your throat over Beyonce. People be slit your throat and they be like, they be like, they be breaking stuff down to that to a level of depthness that I don't think is there. I be thinking like, y'all um trying to make Beyonce songs transcend time and space. <laughs> time and space. <laughs> I think what I was talking but, about with Beyonce not being taken seriously. You know, the real Beyonce problem is she wants to play both sides of the fence. She wants a lot of, like, deep critical acclaim that, like, Adele gets. Okay. Um, hmm. But she want. but I don't I don't know what, first of all, I don't know Beyonce. I don't know what she wants. She don't do first, interviews no more. She don't even talk. She don't even post. She don't even do videos of her talking on social media. Like, she, she don't say nothing. This is clearly just a speculation. So let's start Let's start there, Beyonce fans. This is a speculation. <laughs> and I really like Beyonce. Speculation. This is a speculation. I feel like she wants to play both sides of the fence because I think she does want, her and Jay-Z usually be wanting, like, a certain level of acclaim that, I, that eludes them because of how big they are. Mm-hmm. Their bigness keeps them away from some of the more serious, regard that you could have for someone like a when he said something about Talib like if he had to choose he'd rap more like Talib Kweli or why can't I pronounce anything today it's it's clearly contagious <laughs> um, I think yeah I think sometimes the big artists see the, the artists who may not have as many of the like trinkets and accoutrements and they'll be like oh man I want some of the acclaim that you get where you're being taken seriously, whereas, like, I'm big, but I don't have that acclaim. Do you think that may be because um, to be that big, you almost have to be, you have to be commercial, or you have to to be that big, people think you obviously couldn't be that deep or take things so seriously because everybody wouldn't get it then. Too many people get it, and to be deep... (laughs) 
and intellectual things would go over your most people's heads. And so it's like, how could you get to that level of fame and, and be... because you have everything. Well, because you're perceived as having everything. No one really feels sorry for you that you're not getting what you want. It's like, you're a millionaire. Mm. Go home and be a millionaire. You got true. everything at your... True, true. You, you're living without this small piece of acclaim. You'll live. You'll be fine. True, true. You'll be fine. Sure, and sure. I don't know if people are necessarily really fine because they got to come back to these places and be with themselves. And you want what you want, ultimately. You want what you want. Ultimately, you want what you want. And, but I think people don't want to be put into these spaces where they can't be true to themselves. Like, uh, J-Lo was talking about how people are always focusing on her relationships and you're not taking my work seriously. And it's like, I mean... Yeah, and I think she's like, look, I'm not going to put myself in these spaces where I stay in these relationships so that you can take me more seriously. I'm going to be myself, I'm going to do this work, and I want the, and I want the reward maybe, that I maybe, say I maybe they Maybe we're on a trajectory to see them take her more seriously because nobody cares about her and Ben Affleck. I don't give a good <laughs> damn about it. Nobody cares that they're back together. No, and I, don't, I don't give a good damn. There are people who care, but I'm not one of them. Nobody cares. I was, I I was slightly disappointed. Like, J-Lo, I thought we was going to have fun and really Get somebody else. We going back to Ben. I was ready, girl, honey. I was, I was out there upset about her getting back with Ben. Like it could have been my choice. Of who, we was gonna, who we gonna be with next? <laughs> who we gonna be with next? Yeah. Who we gonna be with True. next? Let's make this fun. <laughs> Let's have some fun, girl. Let's get out there. Whip it. Whip it for the rest of us, Let's girl. Please yes. flex on them. Yeah. I think I think that's it. But the the fun part about. My predicament of fabulousness <laughs> is that when people get into the spaces to work with me, they be taken aback. It's it's maybe because you're so cute. <laughs> I think I think people do think I think my 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 branding. You're so cute, and your branding is feminine, and your branding is fun, fun and bright, bright, colorful, colorful. That they probably be like, oh. Let's just to know what she doing. Yeah. I don't know how they wouldn't know that from the way you talk. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't understand how they wouldn't know that. Hello. It's obvious. I don't know why these things are necessarily such a big contradiction. Just because I'm fun and I'm bubbly and I'm colorful. Why can't I be fun, bubbly, colorful, and professional? I don't know, girl. I don't know. Because mm. I am. I want you to know it. Actually, I... It's getting to the point where it's actually starting to become like a fun thing, a fun thing for me to get in these spaces and like. And sometimes it's good to be underestimated. It is because then you can always blow people away. I like, am chronically underestimated. Guess what? They underestimating me. Guess what? Watch this. <laughs> You're blown away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps things exciting. It actually really does. It keeps things exciting. It does. Um, but I'm gonna need some extrinsic reward. I am. I'm going to need some money. I'm going to need some Nancy Meyer house life. You're going to need some of that money power spit. Ooh, that's what I need in life. Bruh. We be eating right at Williams-Sonoma with grandbaby cakes. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be more space for women to really ex- be explorative in these entrepreneurial spaces and get to be women. Like, I, I want to be a woman in this space. Mm-hmm. But I, I want the respect. I want. I don't want you to find me as a hobbyist, mm-hmm. just because I haven't found the lane where I'm most 
where I found the most reward in this. Where you found the most revenue. Yeah, where I found the most, like, because sometimes the revenue and Profit. the work don't necessarily go hand in hand all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, this is a long uphill battle. Um, I feel like I'm just now coming into the space where I can really brand, market, and do all these things effectively and efficiently because of my previous... Because of my previous work, because of my previous failures, I now know what works and does not work. And it takes a lot longer. It's a harder process um, because, you know, I didn't go, I'm, I'm not in a sorority, my parents aren't famous, you know, the things. I live in Cincinnati, I didn't go to the right high school. I mean, like, in Cincinnati, if you were popular in high school, you really can, like, milk that for the rest of your life. This has to be the only city where grown people ask, when they ask what school you went to, they mean what high school. Look, there are always underlying contributing factors that that contribute to success and when success happens. But just because a woman is in business does not mean she has a hobby. I don't care. I don't care if she's doing the utmost feminine thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. If she does it and she does it well and it continues to get better, <laughs> like my work, <laughs> <laughs> then then it's not a hobby. It's not a hobby. And it's not fucking fabulous. Yeah. Well, let's cap this episode off by saying I feel like we're both a success, K-Ray, already. We're both like success. Stop making that face. She's making a face <laughs> like she's trying. She's saying it with her mouth, but she's not believing it in her heart. <laughs> you are a success. You this are is a true. success. This is true. You're coming into the success, K-Ray. I feel it coming on. Mm. I feel mm. it coming for you. <laughs> and baby, I'm gonna take mine. I got some life. <laughs> what you people got? <laughs> you know I'm Lisette all day. Oh my god. Anyway, we're not gonna even get into I like it like that. Y'all can watch that. You can watch I like it like that. Yes. Okay. I got some life. Cause baby, what I what I will let you do is I'll let everybody underestimate me. I'm gonna go home and watch Melanie Griffith and Working Girl, and I'm gonna come back. With new ideas. Because you know what? It's a two-way street. You make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) You. Stop. (laughs) I wonder if anybody listens who can get all these movie references that we make. God. It's way too many. It's too many subtle nuances from movies. Uh, There are. Don't really pick them up. This is a whole language. This is a whole language. Maybe by next season, y'all will have watched some of these movies and picked up on our nuances. But, uh. It is a two-way street. You make it happen. That's how we close it out this episode of Them Wise Girls. Yeah, we're going to close it out. So, y'all know how it is. Next time, we're going to catch y'all on the flip side. Peace. Peace. Word to the wise. You can check out all of today's film and TV references, as well as where to follow Them Wise Girls on all social media platforms. In today's episode description, Them Wise Girls is a Wise One production and executive produced by Laura Wise and Catherine Wise Rhine. Our theme song was written, produced, and performed by Vibe One.